1: with some really good information on the real estate market and on home ownership and on um, just being well. And today's show is gonna be about those things. We have some special guests that uh, we'll be talking to. First, I'd like to talk about a little bit of uh, the buzz that's going on out there. We, We keep hearing there's an inventory shortage. Well, this is different than walmart or a grocery store where you just call the supplier and order more more inventory we can't do that we are general brokers that perform a service for sellers who want to sell and buyers who want to buy well right now we have a phenomena going on where there's a lot more buyers that want to buy than there are sellers that want to sell and that doesn't surprise me with interest rates in the, I can't believe this one, the twos. And remember, I've said this on the show before. Back in the early 80s, I was actually a loan officer and we were doing loans at 17.5% for an FHA. Not very many people did those because it was prohibitive. Um, the very first, well, the first two or three Loans that I got when I bought properties were all in the double digits, not single digits. Um, shoot, we're getting close to no digits. And uh, so <clears throat> this it's truly amazing. And the lower the interest rates, of course, the more affordability there is. And I think that's why you see so many buyers out there. So I don't want to discourage buyers be, like there's this lack of inventory not enough homes to buy because it's worth the trek if you can get out there uh, work with your realtor in obtaining one that is fantastic because think of the long-term benefits in the year 2030 the year 2040 you know your interest rate and you know what your payments gonna be that's the other good thing these are fixed-rate loans Um, Last time I saw loans in the twos was about, oh, 15 years ago, uh, 16, 17 years ago. However, those were adjustable rates. The real rate was 6%, uh, but they would start you out at about a 2% um, for the first six months, and then it would graduate up. But these are 30-year fixed-rate mortgages. Um, talk about a form of rent control. If you want to know where you're going to live and how much it's going to cost you in the tw- in the year 2030 or 2040, go buy yourself a home and get a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. And not only that, pay it off a little sooner. There's nothing wrong with equity and I'm going to talk about equity in just a little bit um, and, and the benefits of it. But first, I want to talk about that inventory, or the amount of homes that are on the market. So making an assumption that every home that's listed has a for sale sign out there, if you were to drive around Fresno County, there's 2,200 2200 for sale signs up. I know some don't have for sale signs up, but work with me on this. Here's the deal, 2,200 of those. Only 682 are active right now, meaning uh, they're openly looking for a buyer. The rest of those are in escrow. So, of those for sale signs you see driving around, only about 30% are available. Now, this is amazing because typically in Fresno County, we're going to see 2,000 listings. Um, active, active listings, not 682. And I remember 10 years ago during the foreclosure era, that number was up in the 4,000s. So you can see 682 is, um, it is kind of a low number. Now, I broke that down by city also. And by the way, I ran these stats last night. So it's about as up to date as you're going to get. I did have to get some sleep during the night. So I couldn't stay up doing this in the morning. All right. So in the city of Fresno, so not counting Clovis, Sanger, Reedley, just the city of Fresno, there's 355 homes for sale. 880 of them are pending. Now in Clovis, there's 122 for sale. 263 of those are pending. In the city of Sanger, 26 active listings. 47 are in escrow here's an interesting one in Reedley now who would when the numbers get to single digits and Reedley is not a small town but you know that there's uh not enough homes because there's a lot of people that say I want to live in Reedley there are nine active listings right now um 32 of them are in escrow not 30 uh 32 others are in escrow, but that shows you that people do want to live in Reedley. 32 of them waiting it out in that 30-day to 45-day escrow period, but only nine actives. That is amazing. So why should a seller want to sell? Um, Well, obviously, right now is a good time um, because there's high demand. People will line up. to to buy them. Here's some um, other stats too to f- further that case. Um, prices are 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 going up too. So for the first seven months of 2019, the median selling price was 273 thousand. The median selling price in the first seven months of 2020 is 295 thousand. so that's up about eight percent um for so when i talk about equity um how about all those people that put their money in in a savings account and earned a quarter percent off a cd or something so eight percent in one year um, is the typical rise in price There's some other things here that show, oh, oh, people are saying, ah, but sales are down. Yes, they are. In 2019, for the first seven months, there was over 5,000 sales, 5,057. This year, for the first seven months, it was 4,611. So that's down 9% from 2019. And somebody might say, well, you know, that's the effect of COVID-19. Yeah, possibly so. But the biggest thing is there aren't enough homes to sell. So if you're thinking of selling, this is a good time. And But you still have to price it appropriately. In fact, here's another interesting statistic. Um, And this hasn't really changed from 2019 to 2020 very significantly the average sell price to list price in 2019 sellers were getting 99.46 percent of their asking price that did go up in um, 2020 but not very significantly 99.6 so 0.2 percent not much um Somebody might say, well, gosh, how long does it take to sell a place? Well, in 2019, the amount of listings that sold in the first 30 days was 62%. This year, it's 66%. Um, So things are going a little bit quicker, too. Somebody might say, well, why can't I just throw my home on, on... some website and uh and get it sold i think buyers know the serious sellers who are committed in fact they're in a listing contract they're saying i want to sell my home i'm willing to pay the realtors for their services please come show my home here's the showing instructions now that's a committed seller right there when they do that they're saying i want to sell my home for this price People come out, look at it, and make their offers. Those who try it by sticking a sign out in front of the house and by throwing it on a website, they're not really committed. They might have a bad experience. You know, some weird, weird guy walks through the house and scares them, and it's like, no, nah, we're, we're taking our home off the market. You can pull it out because there's no commitment. There was no listing Contract signed. There was no, and by the way, when you have that listing contract signed, the home is only open to those people that come through with a licensed realtor who has gone through the security steps of using the lockbox criteria. So it is pretty safe. Um, In all my years, I don't think I've really had a scary situation. except for that time and this is going to happen i went into the wrong house i thought it was a vacant house I had the right address and everything and but i scared somebody well it turned out i was on renwood not on dovewood so but i, I don't think um, anybody feared for their life with me there um we're in a phenomena right now where it's both a seller's market and a buyer's market. It's a seller's market because look at that, you have demand exceeding supply and therefore prices are rising. You have a buyer's market, and this is kind of an, uh, an odd phenomena to have the, the two things going on at the same time, but um, it's a buyer's market because interest rates are so low And their affordability is so much better. Um, Next week, we're going to have a loan officer on on the show, and I want to um, explore purchasing power. So when interest rates were 6%, let's say, for a $2,000 a month payment, what did that buy? Compared to now with interest rates in the twos, what will it buy? So we'll explore that next week. Um, with that, we're going to go to our first commercial break. But when we get back, we've got a special guest on the line. Thank you. Well, welcome back. To welcome home radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And, you know, it. Being in the housing industry, every once in a while, you run across something that doesn't just seem to be about houses, uh, but it it affects our houses. Well, a few years ago, the San Joaquin Valley Air Pollution Control District said, eh, you know, these uh, wood-burning fireplaces, they're not good for us. Too many particulates in the air. Um, and they put the realtors kind of in charge of enforcing that. Uh, If there was uh, something that wasn't EPA 2 certified, we'd have to make sure we got rid of it prior to the sale. Well, I'm really glad to know that they have come up with a program to help us out now. And to help me out today, we have Matt Arbius from Central Distributing on the line, and he's going to tell us about a program that the uh, Air Pollution Control District has. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Don. Hey, thank you for uh, uh, for being with us today and telling us about this. Is it called the Burn Cleaner Program?
2: Correct. Uh, through uh, San Joaquin Valley um, Air Pollution, uh, they have uh, what's called the uh, Burn Clean Program. And what they're doing is they're focusing on uh, three hotspots, um, counties that are, um, you know, a little higher uh So if you're in the Fresno County, Madera, or the Valley Air Basin portion of Kern County, they're offering a $3,000 voucher um, for going from a wood-burning fireplace and then converting it into a um, gas insert.
1: Okay, so your wood-burning fireplace is that typical thing built in the homes in the 50s, 60s, 70s, where it's just a brick hearth? Is that what you're talking about? Right. You,
2: yeah, you either have a uh, kind of a masonry brick, you know, chimney-looking fireplace, or you have uh, more current, you have what they call a zero-clearance uh, fireplace. Uh, so uh, anything that pretty much, you know, can burn wood, um, they uh, would like you to convert it into a gas insert. Um, and... Then that's why we'll give the voucher for the 3000
1: So how does one go about getting this voucher? And, and does $3,000 cover most of the cost or all of it? No.
2: Pretty. What happens is it's up to $3,000. So um, it's $500 towards um, labor, which means uh, the installation of the insert, um, also uh, the... Uh, what we do at uh, Central Distributing is we do a free measurement and we look at three things uh, at your fireplace. So it has to be a uh, plum for gas. Uh, there has to be electrical, like an outlet, either within three feet of the fireplace or with fetters to have it inside the fireplace. And your chimney needs to be clean. So all three of those um, are part of your labor cost. Um, and you might uh, surpass 500, but as long as it, it meets that level, then you qualify. And then 2500 goes towards the insert. Um, on an average, you're looking at between close to 3000 on up to 5000, depending on uh, the unit that you choose.
1: So this is going to pay a substantial portion. We'll say maybe not Correct. all of it.
2: Exactly. At the end, you might be out a couple you know, hundred out of pocket, but, uh, you'll save that in, you know, usage and energy is down the line.
1: Okay. So somebody is not limited to $3,000. If you wanted to go all out, get the, the Cadillac of, of inserts, um, you can do that. You're just going to pay the difference. Is that right, right? Well,
2: how this will work is, um, you will, um, Depending on how you do the application, so if you go to um, valleyair.org, um, there are two applications. The standard application, when you fill that out, means you will pay everything up front. So you'll, you'll get your, the plumbing, the electrical, the chimney cleaning. You'll purchase the insert. Um, um, and what they're wanting is a picture, of like a, a before picture of your fireplace so they can see exactly what you have. And then after we have the uh, insert installed, they'll want another picture of it turned on so they can see that it's a working product. Um, and then about four to six weeks after the unit's installed, they'll send you the, uh, the check for
1: $3,000. Okay. And um, wh- when you mentioned the zero clearance fireplace, mm-hmm. now those yeah. are smaller units. Is, is that right?
2: Uh, they they can be uh, so that's why um, we'll come out and do like say a free measurement to determine uh, which size uh, uh, can fit your unit. Mm-hmm.
1: So um, and people can go look at your store central distributing and and see a selection there. I take it
2: correct. We have um, units that we can turn on so you can see you know how they would look like. Uh, there are different uh, fronts that you can choose from uh, if you want more of a decorative look.
1: We, we probably should have had you on in November rather than in August. <laughs> because, <laughs> hey, r- right now, I think people are thinking more of the swimming pool than the fireplace.
2: Surprisingly, we're actually still busy uh, with this program. Uh, people are actually are focusing for next year. Um, the key thing is, uh, you know, the uh, program, we still have money set aside um, from the state for this to, you know, to help uh, control the air pop- the pollution control here. Um, so it's it's still going strong.
1: Okay, so ESPN is 50,000 watt. We, we're we up, uh, this show can be heard o- over in Tuolumne County, Stanislaw County, uh, down to Kern County. What... What area does this really cover?
2: Um, well, the, the three thousand is going to focus on, like I say, Madera County, Fresno County, and then parts of the Kern County. Uh, but in all uh, areas like uh, Tulare County and Merced, um, and the other two that you're mentioning, um, they do. There is a fifteen hundred dollar voucher, um, so it's still five hundred towards labor, and then a thousand towards the insert. Um, they're just with with Valley Air. They're really focusing on the three main they consider like um, hot uh, hot spots, uh, hmm. higher pollution areas.
1: Boy, Fresno keeps getting dubbed the hot spot. Uh,
2: unfortunately, uh, that's true. <laughs> uh, but this definitely will uh, you know help.
1: Yeah, I kind of liked it better when Fresno was the hot spot for World Series champions. We were the, <laughs> the AAA affiliate for five out of ten. World Series champions. Oh, Bobby over here, the board operator, smiling right now. These darn giant fans. Hey, anyway, so um, how long of a process is this from the time you get get somebody out to measure till it's completed?
2: Sure. Um, The key thing is to first get uh, the application done. Uh, They've been doing it within uh, less than a week uh, it seems like. Um, so, um, but we can come out anytime and do the pre-measurement. We'll do uh, a kind of a check mark of three things. We'll look to see if you need gas, um, plumb there. If you need any electrical or like say the chimney needs to be cleaned, uh, we'll go over that with you. Um, and then you can purchase the unit takes about two weeks to get the products in. And then about a week or two after that to get it installed. So, and then the main thing is probably about four to six weeks later, you'll get the check uh, through, through Valley Earth. So we've been figuring in between uh, two months uh, from beginning to end, pretty much.
1: Okay. How do these, uh, what's it called, an appliance? Uh, do they help with heating the, the home?
2: Correct. There's, um, all the units come with blowers. And and remotes, they're really easy to use. Um, You're looking between 36,000 BQs worth of power or heat um, up to 40,000. So it'll take care of a good 2,000 square foot area. Um, So a lot of people are kind of using it for a main heat source for their home.
1: Okay. That's good to know. Um, And, of course, it's clean and efficient. Uh, Correct. And helps heat the home. It sounds like a, a no-lose situation, especially if you can get reimbursed by uh, by the state or the San Joaquin Valley Air Pollution Control District for a substantial portion of it.
2: Correct. So we find that there are times where um, – now, one thing we were talking about with the application – there is a um, low-income application. So, if a household makes less than I believe fifty-four thousand a year, how that program works is they will send you the voucher. You would bring the voucher in, um, and that would pretty much pay for the the unit itself. Or then you'd, or the, I like, say so you could pay the difference if you went a little bit higher. Uh, but you're still out of pocket um, for the uh, plumbing work, the electrical, and the chimney cleaning.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so that
2: that's another main benefit that some people can also take advantage of.
1: Okay. Matt, thank you for this. I have one final question. How can okay. people learn more about it? Can you give us a website and, and a phone number for you?
2: Please, yes. A couple ways. Um, if you uh, uh, come to us, Central um our number is 276-1500. Uh, we're at uh, 4250 uh, West Shaw Avenue. Uh, kind of between Brawley and El Capitan. So we'd be glad to answer any questions and help in any way we can. Um, You can also go to uh, valleyair.org for the applications. Uh, We also have the applications here that we can help you out with.
1: Okay. Well, thank you very much, Matt Arbius of Central Distributing. And we're now going to go to our uh, next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And one of the great things about being in the real estate industry is you, I guess it's by, not by design, but by attrition, that the people that are remaining, the people that survive it, are the ones that have a positive mindset. And it, you really can't be a downer and in. Survive in this business because uh, well, hey, it's commission only. Uh, you, you're not guaranteed a paycheck every month. You're you, you got to get out there, and you also got to like people. Well, every once in a while, you run across somebody that really exemplifies that. And so, on the line with us now, we have Martha Corellius. Good morning, Martha. Good morning, Don. All right. So do you like that? That you exemplify the uh, a, a good realtor. oh i love
3: that thank you for that that's a high praise
1: yes thank you okay and you're from the southern california area right what what market area do you cover
3: it's south orange county about halfway between los angeles and san diego
1: oh okay so uh where the 405 and the five meet exactly (laughs) (laughs) all right um martha has been in the business for quite some time been a uh Uh, and is a broker of a company and also had a passion to write a book and that's what we're going to talk about today is this book called you improved so can you tell us what drove you to write this book
3: oh i'm happy to share this story um so in 2011 my life was Just about perfect. I was newly married, top of my game business wise. All my kids were doing well, you know, that place in life where everything aligns and you know it can't last. Um, And so at that time, I was diagnosed with stage four cancer, and it was a very dangerous, very rare type of cancer. So I fought it for a couple of years, and it wasn't going well. And I was at that stage where we were going to try our last. Um, hope. You know, we had a couple of things that that were left on the plate, but not too many more things to do. So I made a bargain with God that if he would leave me on earth, I would make a difference every day. I asked for 20 more years. Now that seven years have gone by, I'm kind of wishing I'd asked for 30. But I said, if you give me 20 more years, I will make a difference every day. I'm
1: sure God knew your intentions.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, So and inexplicably, my next uh, PET scan came back clean for no medical reasons that anybody could figure. It was just, um, there was just no more cancer. So I thought, okay, now I have to make good on my end of the bargain. And I came up with this idea. Um, I thought the more people that I could get to read a little something inspiring every day, the more difference that I would make in the world. So my mission right now is to just get as many eyes on it as I can. Um, and thank you, Don, for helping me do that.
1: Sure. In, in fact, um, I, uh, you were so kind as to send me a book. Or, or maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it was Eugene. Eugene is Eugene our... Eugene was our, so kind. Yeah, he's, he's our connection here. But anyway, it, it's been sitting on my desk in my office at home. And the other night, my wife said, hey, where did you get that? I want that. I want one of those books. So, hey, you know, here there's another one you're going to get. <laughs> so, appreciate that sure um and, and there i i like it because there's some good little snippets uh, out of each day it's it's written on a daily basis so you know like today you go to august the 8th and there's one about big rocks um it, and you can tell us about that but here's the first day that i got this was july 16th And I want you to know that this made an impact on me because it's the job we have is very trying. Um, There's ups and downs, and especially when you know it's your clients that are going through those ups and downs. So there was one that said, make good choices. Choose to be happy. Find a career where your contribution makes a difference. That one inspired me that day that... I'm going to make a difference. And um, there was a client that we were at a down point in an escrow. Uh, I know he was worried because I was worried. <laughs> so, uh, and I try my best not to, sh- you know, show my emotion like that. But I looked at that more as an opportunity to make a difference. And I, I think both of us had a life learning experience. Uh, so that came from your sentence Mm -hmm. so there you go it 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 is making an impact um where where can people get this book and what's give it to us again what's what's it called
3: it's called you improved a daily dose of inspiration and if you go to amazon just type in you comma improved it's in a kindle version that you can download to your phone so if you need just a few sentences to perk you up You can go right to your phone or you can have the book sent out. And it's basically 300 words, one page every day of something that um, isn't new. It's nothing you've never heard before, um, but usually hits you on a day when you need it. I get a number of texts or phone calls from people. Sometimes I don't even know who say that's exactly what I needed today. And, you know, it is those few words that can make a difference in, in your day.
1: That's good. Now, um, shifting gears a little bit, let's go to be, how many years have you been in the real estate industry? I should ask that first. 43, <laughs> 43 years. OK, um, wh- there's a, uh, a mindset of a successful realtor that is almost needed to to make it in this business. Can you describe that mindset?
3: Well, the mindset is simply that you're going to make this work for your clients. You're not going to give up just like you did with your client. You know, like you mentioned at the beginning of our segment, um, escrows are fraught with problems. And what we do is solve problems. And um, you, you have to have the mindset of, you know, bring it on. Whatever you bring me, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to get up every day and do what I have to do. And those are the people that make it long term in the business. You see some people that are, you know, just meteors or shining stars, but they fizz out quickly because they can't keep it up. And I think the ones that make it, it's such a satisfying career long term. But you have to have the mindset that I'm going to get up every day and do what I need to do. I can't take care of what's not in my control, but I certainly can be responsible for what is in my control every single day.
1: That's excellent, and controlling the mindset is so important, Um, and how we talk to our clients is important, too. I remember a time when we were in escrow, this poor guy, he was so frustrated, Um, just things weren't going well with the loan process, and um, we finally made some big-time progress when, and then he just told me, I give up, I'm going to quit, I'm going to cancel, and But I spoke his language, and this is how, in changing his mindset. I said, you're you're a football fan, aren't you? He goes, oh, yeah, Oakland Raiders. Man, I'm big-time <laughs> fan. I said, would the Raiders quit on the one-yard line? He said, the one-yard line? We're that close? Yes, we are that close. Yesterday this happened. Today this happened. We're on the one-yard line now. He closed the escrow, and I think it's about, Fifteen years later, he still owns that house, so he's done well. (laughs) Good for you. Yeah. And and I often tell new agents in this business that this is a really, really hard job, but it's a fantastic career. When you look at the impact you make on people um, in that big decision that they're going to make about finding a home, Ah, you can't beat that. It's great. So, um, Martha, I see, too, on your resume, you've traveled to 39 countries. That That's amazing.
3: Yes, yeah, so my travel days are over, <laughs> but uh, I did have quite the travel bug. In fact, my biggest year in real estate, I traveled six weeks outside the country on several different trips,
1: now, how do you that do that a year. <laughs> How do you, how, how does a realtor take a vacation? Cause uh, I always thought realtors were 24, seven.
3: Yeah, no, and that's, <clears throat> I'm sorry. That's a mistake and, and you will wear yourself out and you won't make it through a career. So it's setting expectations with your clients and it's having a good team around you, which I don't mean building a team necessarily. I mean, your escrow officer, your lender, your TC, the people that make you look good. Um, And if you tell your clients going in, you know, I'm going to, we're going to get your your escrow up and running. I'm going to be gone these days. I have these people looking after the business. Then you can go on a trip and hopefully not spend your whole time on the phone. Um, I've made that mistake. Everything I talk about, I have made those mistakes. And so I I did travel in the beginning and spend my whole time put not fires, which is not a good way to travel. So I learned, I just learned to tell people. And it's like um, when they think they can call you in the middle of the night and then you set boundaries and say, you know, really I'm home. I'm with my family. Don't call me after this. And you think that they're going to be upset, but no, they just respect it. That's your boundaries. So you can do that and travel and you right. need to do that and travel.
1: Right. And the people who don't understand that, are probably not the ones who are going to follow your advice during the escrow. So if things, if they go a different way, maybe that's a good thing.
3: You know, exactly. But um, the, I think NAR did us a disservice when they had that campaign that said, we're realtors, real estate is our life. Mm-hmm. Um, because I always felt like real estate was my career and that I had a life around it. And you do need to recharge your batteries. You can't be 24-7 and do a good job in the long run.
1: That's a very good point. So um, I have one more question for you before we go to a commercial break. Tell us again, how do we, the name of the book and how do we get it? You Improved, You improved Amazon.com. All right.
3: You easy that? Oh, and one more thing yeah. that I might mention. I have a closed group on Facebook also called You Improved. If you ask to join, I will certainly have you join.
1: And every morning I
3: post an image that um, correlates to the uh, message of the day, just a few sentences. So even if you don't read the book, you can get a little uh, smaller dose, but it's just the same on Facebook.
1: Well, and Martha, thank you for being a good example of what realtors are like. Realtors are very resilient. They're entrepreneurial. And here you stepped outside the box and wrote a book to help others so that means realtors got good hearts too and with that that. thank you with that we're going to our next commercial break stay tuned to welcome home radio on 940 espn Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's Most Informative Real Estate Talk Show. And one of the great things about our show is that we have a wide connection. We got people around the country um, that we can talk with and compare markets. So today I'd like to go to um, Mr. Gene Lentz from the Bay Area, which is, I dub it as the land of the extra zero. So what our median might be 300,000. You just add a zero there and it's 3 million. Good morning, Gene. Good morning, Don. How are you? Good, thanks. Is that a good way to put it, the extra zero?
0: Yeah, sometimes two. But, you know, it's it's all relative. And our land supply is a little more restricted here. So that's going to drive prices up because there's still more people that want to live here than move out. So that puts upward pressure on the
1: prices. Okay, so that's what's causing it. Restricted land, not as much land to build. Because here in the Central Valley, we're still building like crazy out uh, right now over on the east side of Fresno County. uh, Going north into Madera County. A lot of homes going up.
0: Yep. That's a nice asset to have. When I grew up in Texas if one subdivision got filled up you just went out out farther out from the city another 5 miles and built another you know couple hundred houses but we don't have that luxury here in the bay area and the, and the tech business is still driving a lot of demand and a lot of people that want to live in this area that makes that puts its own pressure on the housing prices
1: so you know, here in the Valley, we think new construction, the picture I have is a whole new subdivision of 100, 200 homes going in. What's the picture in the uh, on the peninsula there? Because you're in, what area are you in? Menlo Park? I'm in the Menlo
0: Park in the Atherton area. We're right adjacent to one another, just north of Stanford University and Palo Alto. And we're the southernmost edge of San Mateo County. So we get the restrictive rule sometimes of Santa Clara County on the COVID uh, shelter-in-place thing. And for a while, at least, San Mateo County was a little less restrictive than Santa Clara County. Mm -hmm. So it was actually a little easier to show houses, a little easier to do some business. Heck, we even here in San Mateo County got to go out and have a meal every now and then, which was kind of nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what does new construction look like in your area is it the new
0: the new construction here in the immediate bay area on the peninsula
1: Hmm.
0: where we've got a lot of mountains on the on the western side of the peninsula but a lot of that is open space restricted open space on which we can't build and then of course you've got the bay on the east side of the peninsula where nobody's going to fill in any more bay. There's not going to be another foster city built. So we're, we're just naturally restricted. And most of the new construction is what we refer to as infill construction, where you get a lot here or there, or somebody buys a house and wants to replace it with a bigger house or a new house. So it's kind of bits and pieces. It's one or two here and there. There are no big subdivisions. There's just not enough land to support that.
1: I guess in your area, a new subdivision would be a high-rise condo project.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it.
1: Okay. Now, you mentioned the restricted land on the mountains. What, why can't you build there?
0: Well, because the Open Space Trust has purchased a lot of that, a lot of it in and around the, the Crystal Springs Reservoirs, which is San Francisco's water supply which is the water that comes down from Hetch Hetchy, that doesn't let any doesn't even let anybody on the lakes themselves, on the reservoir, because you don't want to contaminate the drinking water. So that's automatically off limits. And then the open space trust has purchased a lot of and a lot of land's been donated to the trust where they've put restrictions on it and put it off limits to development to keep it the wide open spaces, so to speak. And it's very nice to drive up and down 280, but most of us in real estate can look over at those beautiful hills and say, boy, I'd sure like like to build some houses over there because it's beautiful and it's scenic and it's interesting. I mean, a lot of it's been um, restricted just from wills and trusts and put off limits. And I'm kind of glad for that, but it does put pressure on the remaining land that is available.
1: Now, what's your take on this? And one thing I know about you, Gene, you're always going to have an opinion. So I don't mind throwing you—I don't mind throwing you a curveball and asking you a question you're not prepared for. Who? Who? who me? Yes. Yeah. Yes, you. So. <laughs> Okay, there's a lot of talk now with uh, as we had to shelter in place, work from home, that people maybe are going to move to the Central Valley now and work from here, even though um, they're working for the dot coms in the Bay Area. Do you see that happening?
0: I don't know if 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 there's going to be a rush on for Fresno real estate, but but I think the the physical location where people live is going to become less important. I think it will probably in a year or two. I think the whole shelter in place thing and work from home thing has encouraged people that you really are on a lot of jobs able to work from home. So I think there's going to be less pressure. For example, if a house comes on the market in Palo Alto and a year ago, 10 people wanted to buy it, Maybe in a year or two, only two or three people will want to buy it, and it will be more of a discretionary purpose purchase instead of a got to have it purchase. So I think it's going to affect things. Of course, you're still going to have the schools underlying a lot of home buying decisions. And I think those will, if we ever go back to school, that is, will, will enhance, continue to enhance the desirability of some houses in some neighborhoods. I think that's gonna stay there no matter what.
1: Okay, that, that's interesting. And, and it's, what, what really makes it interesting is before the COVID-19, this pandemic hit, there was pressure to not move away from your jobs, but to move closer to your jobs. Uh, the state legislature was trying to make things denser. You know, you had to, uh, Housing was to be built by transit centers. Now, it seems to be going the opposite of that.
0: Well, it's extra interesting because some of us, as you know, that are involved in real estate are also involved in our local politics. And what we have seen over the last five years, and I've heard it firsthand firsthand, Facebook, for example, a big employer here in the Menlo Park area, and lately they have become advocates of their employees working from home, but prior to that, they were actually involved in creating housing here in Menlo Park. And and the image uh, to people when people say factory town or or workplace town, I think of the of the olden days where if you had, for example, a car factory or a coal mine or something, you lived right in that immediate area, and a lot of times the employer would provide the housing. But I'm not sure that it would be appealing to me to have my boss be my landlord as well. I'm not sure that's a good fit. And, and But Facebook has gotten involved in the housing creation. Google has gotten involved in the in the... Creation of housing. So I think if it's done properly and planned properly, it's not necessarily a bad thing. But we've got to do all we can because there's still, at least in terms of this immediate Bay Area, I like to call it, you know, the heart of the peninsula, the Palo Alto, Menlo Park, Atherton area, um, there's still more people that want to move in than are moving out. So that by itself what's upward pressure on things. But I I think that's evolving. I think that's changing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to any longer be an opponent of that because if it's done properly, it can be done properly.
1: Gene, I have one more question before, before our show has to come to an end. But you mentioned that, you know, right now you have 10 buyers for every house. Maybe in a year or two, it's two or three for every buyer up in that area or for every seller. Was there ever a time recently where it was a one-to-one ratio? In other words, no multiple offers?
0: I've only been licensed since 1994. So in my short real estate career, that was a marketplace that I vaguely remember. But from 2000 on, if you price a property properly, it there's always going to be more bu- more buyers for it than there are sellers there's only one person can sell a house but there can be four five and if somebody really underprices something you might have 20 buyers for a house or potential buyers for a house all right and it be it becomes a self-perpetuating thing because if there's 20 people that want to buy one only one person can buy it and then you have 19 that are frustrated and they will redouble their efforts on the next one they go to. That's so a good it, point. It,
1: yeah, they, they like really the juice up the next downhill. one. Well, Gene, I want to thank you very much for being a part of this show. Uh, we got a call- always happy to. All right. Well, thank you, and uh, to all our listeners, tune in next week. Jose Escondon of Cardinal Financial will be on, and we're going to talk financing. Um, see you next week. Thank you. Bye.